I am Dr. Karen Becker, and I'm so excited that Nikki Carvey is joining us. She's been nominated as a, for a Game Changer Award, and Anne took the time to nominate her. We're so thankful that Anne filled out the form and had a lot of amazing things to say about the great work that Nikki is doing. And we're also so thankful that Nikki has taken a few minutes out of her morning to join us and tell us more about this amazing platform that she started. So Nikki, thank you for joining me and congratulations on your Game Changer Award. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you to Anne for big, big love to Anne for nominating us. That's really sweet. Very sweet. So I am so excited to learn more about how you got into the line of work that you are so passionate about. So for our listeners and readers who don't know about what you do, why don't you take a few minutes and give us the backstory about how you got so passionate and how you decided to kind of focus on rescuing and saving the dogs that you have become so passionate about. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm the founder of a rescue called Road Dogs Rescue. And um, I basically just started fostering uh, quite a few years ago. I just started fostering for another rescue. And I would go to the shelters and, you know, you would sort of pick and choose which dogs you could take. And, um, and so I started focusing more on the bulldog breeds because then it became easier to sort of put blinkers on because otherwise it can get really overwhelming in terms of like, which one do I pick? You know, it's, it's horrible. So I thought, well, I'll focus on a breed that I want have myself and that also has a lot of health issues that a lot of people don't realize, you know, um, and that they can be very expensive to maintain. And a lot of them wind up in rescue when people can't take care of them, their many health issues. So that's kind of how I started and how I ended up focusing on the lovable lemons, as we call them. It's like they are the lovable lemons of the canine world. Gosh, they really are. So did you were you raised with bulldogs your whole life or how did you, how did you, you know, a lot of people end up recognizing that they're, that they are a very genetically damaged breed. They are un incredibly expensive and their health conditions require a lot of expense. They, in both time and resources, they're just a very high maintenance breed, but they are a delightfully adorable and amazing breed as well. So I'm sure that you've recognized all of those things. Did you did you, were you raised your whole life falling in love with this breed or when did you acquire your first, your first full dog? No, it's like, um, I, my very first dog when I was a kid was a Sheltie. So I've got no idea how I ended up loving, loving bulldogs. I think it's just because they make me laugh. Yes. Like they are the comedians as well of the dog world. I think, you know, people sometimes, I mean, look at mugshot. People just look at them and they just smile. There's something about them, you know, so and my first, the dog that basically inspired road dogs was a bulldog that I, I got from somebody that surrendered him because they were having back issues and they didn't even know that he was deaf. So I got this funny little dog. I had wanted a Mastiff at the time. Mm. I thought, oh, my next dog's gonna be a, a French Mastiff. And then I got this little 40 pound bulldog who was deaf and he just made me laugh so much, you know? And oh. from him, it just sort of grew and I started, I started fostering more dogs and then I started just as an independent rescuer and then I eventually became as a, a 501. But, but yeah, I think that they have so much um, love to give and, and, and they just are symptomatic of what I want to put out into the world, which is joy. Mm. So good. 
And yet the breed that you have fallen in love with is so, so medically high maintenance, so many heartbreaking situations you have seen certainly since you have started rescuing this medically high maintenance breed. Nikki, how did do people hear about you? Because the, the bullies that you're bringing in are really, they have significant medical issues. So you are knowingly taking on not just a breed that is well known to be high maintenance, but you are taking on specific cases that are incredibly high maintenance. Are people contacting you and saying, here's a puppy that no one else has the time or resources to care for? Yeah, a lot of the time that's what happens. I mean, we make a concerted effort to put that message out that we will take dogs that have birth, like congenital birth defects or extreme medical issues because part of my part of our mission is to spread love and compassion and i really believe in the underdogs and to me the underdogs of the underdogs are the ones that have the congenital issues and the ones that are expensive and the ones that a lot of people overlook because they don't want to deal with it but i equate it to sort of us as humanity and it's like if we look at the people that have more serious health conditions or we look at you know, kids that are born with certain kind of issues and stuff. If we, if they no longer existed, I think we would lose compassion as a society. So to me, it's like we take these puppies and some of them don't survive and some of them do, and some of them have short lives, but they have such like, they have no limits. It's like they have such a a life force. And so to me, it's all about celebrating life, you know, that these animals are here for their own lives, but also to remind us of what what life is about. And it's about giving back and it's about being of service, you know, and not judging. Gosh, so so many life lessons uh, in all of that. And and for everyone, all of the volunteers, your support team, your the, the people that are working with you, again, have to be equally and as deeply inspired by looking at the animals and and their resiliency, even if their lifespan is shortened, the resiliency for their, for this, like they live in the moment and for this time-space reality, it is incredibly inspiring to watch little dogs fight and fight valiantly to have the, to live in the moment. And it very inspiring. Nikki, do you then keep all the dogs at your house or do you have a team of foster parents or how do you go about caring for the, for the babes that come into your 501c3? Yeah, we have, we have fosters. I mean, I foster a bunch of them. My, well, not, but not, we have about 60 dogs in rescue in total. And I have about four fosters. So I, well, mugshot is probably going to remain a permanent. And then this is another little one that I have that's Eon who has hydrocephalus and I'm just actually going to the neurologist today. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so our goal is actually a sanctuary because I want to have somewhere where these dogs can stay and where people can come visit and sort of recharge their spirits and, and everybody can kind of work on healing each other in a way because they are more difficult to find fosters for. If you have a spina bifida puppy that is paralyzed on the back end and needs its diet, you know, we put them in diapers because it's easier to clean them and stuff. But, you know, finding people that want to deal with an incontinent dog is hard. But when people meet them, 
it's 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 amazing because they see how much these animals want to live and and they really teach people about acceptance and non-judgment and also about what you can achieve in your own life you know so that's why i want people to see these dogs and meet these dogs and just give dogs a chance that other people might say oh no it's not worth it you know it's like what is a life worth? I, I don't know. I mean, it's hard when you get into money and stuff. But to me, it's like, as we've grown as a rescue, I feel it's our duty to take the ones that are more complicated and more expensive and more difficult because we have the platform that can help them more. And they do deserve to live, you know. And are you finding that you have your support base Finding fosters, of course, yes, would have to be the right fit. And then finding forever homes, adoptive homes that recognize the depth and breadth of the commitment that they are going to make. But those people are just gems. They are the salt of the earth. And there are, it's what's so inspiring to me is all of the amazing people that are more than willing and capable to provide unbelievable forever homes for animals that have a lot of physical complications and you're able to identify those people. Uh, and then these dogs go on to have forever homes because you've done the hard work of matching home with, with puppy. How do people, how do people go about learn if they were interested in maybe adopting one of the animals that have come through your rescue, how would they, where, where do they go to learn more about the 60 or so dogs that you're caring for? Well, the, the, most people come to our social media, which is our Instagram at Road Dogs, or um, they can look up our website, rescue.org and see some of our adoptable dogs there. Um, so yeah, there's def and Facebook, obviously we're on Facebook. So that's how most people find out about us. Occasionally we'll, we'll do sort of meet and greets and stuff. Um, but a lot of that is um, just word of mouth, you know. Yeah, yeah. And people, and and that's the other thing. Like you were saying, it's people are gems, and and people. And the other message that we're trying to get out is is when you start looking at these dogs as being more of service, like a lot you being of service to a, to an animal. A lot of the time people don't want to foster a medical dog or a hospice dog or an old dog. So they're like, oh, you know, it might die or this might happen or that might happen. And it's like, that could happen at any time. And to me, it's like, if you shift your attitude and kind of look, what can I give to this animal? It's like, we have an amazing foster who's fostering a, um, a, a dog that has she has a hyperplastic trachea and it's really severe. So we've been told that she probably won't live to a year um, and will may eventually die of, you know, pneumonia or whatever. But right now she's maintaining and, and he's doing a bucket list and everything with her and she's living the best life, you know, and it's like, she may not live to 10. She may only live to nine months, but it's amazing just watching the love that he's giving this dog because he's focused on what he can give to her rather than how he's going to feel when the dog goes. So I always tell people that because a lot of the time, the same with fostering, people are like, oh, I don't, how can you foster? I feel so sad when the foster goes. And it's like, because I'm not focused on what's gonna happen, I'm focused on let's, let's give this animal the best healing life, whatever possible. And I think as a human beings, a lot of the time we get very 
self-centered and obviously with social media and everything's about me and narcissism and stuff and I think these animals teach us to it's not about you ultimately life is about service you know in different variants and and because you really are passionate about medically higher maintenance animals those specific animals give us these fantastic opportunities to get beyond ourselves, to get outside of our feelings and our emotion and us, us, us. These animals do an amazing job of living life to the fullest on a minute to minute basis. It's, it's quite inspiring to just be a part of. And of course, once you experience that, you know exactly why you are so passionate about what you're doing. But Nikki, what do you, when you wake up in the morning, what do you love most about the work that you're doing? I think it's the transformations. Like Mm -hmm. I love seeing, you know, if we get a sick puppy or we get like a an eight hour old clefty that we cleft palate puppy or whatever that we don't know is going to survive. And one of our, I don't chew feed. So one of our fosters will chew feed it around the clock and then that puppy ends up being okay. And so down the road at four months, whatever it's adopted. And that's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Or we get one that's, you know, mangy and emaciated and rescued from the streets and it's fearful and shy and you see it blossom into what it is capable of being. So that to me is the most rewarding part of, of rescue. Yeah. Yeah. And, and rightfully so. In fact, those are, that feeds and nourishes everyone watching all of the volunteers in your organization are, are growing and learning and having an incredible enhanced life because of these animals that so powerfully role model to us uh, how to not just be survivors, but really thrive and enjoy life regardless of the circumstances. I think that that's just powerfully visible when you're dealing with such sick animals. So I can imagine that you are wildly inspired on a daily basis by everything that you're doing. If you could share one thing with the world, if you would want the world to know one thing that you've learned about the work that you've done, what would it be? I think it would be about not putting limits on yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the biggest lessons that these animals teach us is that I think humans get caught up in their minds and their minds stop them from doing things or tell them that they're crap or tell them that they can't do this or that they look like this and blah, 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 blah. And I think dogs just don't have that. And they're just kind of, you put something in front of them and they're kind of like, let's go. You know, they've got no legs and you put a wheel cart on them. Half of them are just like, okay, where are we going now then? Mm. You know, they just get on with it and they just appreciate and have joy and just, uh, just our pure love, I guess. And I think that's what we need to be more. Mm. Well, you are blessed to live and foster with unbelievable role models for unconditional love and living vibrant lives, regardless, you know, we're not thinking about time span. We're thinking about living today to its fullest potential. And the dogs in your life are certainly doing that. And so I love the fact that Anne took the time to nominate you for a game changer award. Congratulations on your award. And we're so very thankful that you have fallen in love with the passionate platform that you have started. The service that you are doing to the dogs entering into your care is invaluable. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Becker. Take care.